Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry, where we aspire to live life on purpose through the sharing of God's Word. Here is Pastor Nate with today's message. Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service. In the sharing of God's Word, where we study, learn, and abide in our personal journeys along our daily walk with Christ. One thing I know for sure, and that is there is our way, and then there is God's way. Father in heaven, we thank you for this time of fellowship to be able to come together, to share, study, read, learn, and be encouraged from and by and through your word, through your wisdom, through your direction, through your uh, divine mercy and grace. Thank you for keeping and sustaining us throughout the week and for allowing us this opportunity to be able to once again share. Not everybody has that opportunity. And we thank you, God. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your protections, for your provisions, for your favor and all that you have bestowed upon us, asking for so little in return. God, I ask that this word touch the hearts and minds of your people to help uplift them, to inspire them, to give them hope and direction on how best to live their life that would be, is pleasing in your sight. As we ask and pray in your son's Jesus name, amen. Well, thank you again for joining. I'm glad that you were able to, uh, whether this be your first time or you're coming back, we appreciate you. And I'm just glad for the opportunity to be able to share his word with his people. Uh, my goal in, in, in every instance is one person, one soul. That's it. Doing my part uh, to help further the kingdom of God. T- today I want to talk about learning and living the word of God. Those are two different things. Today's text is taken from the book of James, arguably one of Uh, the most instructive books in the New Testament. It it lists what are described as practical duties for believers. Namely, it it conveys uh, messages of of patience and hope, obedience, faith, and love, mixed with warnings, reproofs, and encouragements. So we're going to focus really on two aspects of the message. So I'm going to read some text from the book of James, um, uh, the first uh, chapter, verses 19 through 27 in the New International Reader's Version, beginning with verse 19. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, pay attention to what I say. Everyone should be quick to listen, but they should be slow to speak. They should be slow to get angry. A man's anger doesn't produce the kind of life God wants. 
So get rid of everything that is dirty and sinful. Get rid of evil that is all around us. Don't be too proud to accept the word that is planted in you. It can save you. Don't just listen to the world. You fool yourselves if you do that. You must do what it says. I'm going to go back and read that. Don't just listen to the word. You fool yourselves if you do that. You must do what it says. Suppose you listen to the world, but don't do what it says. Then you are like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. After looking at himself, he leaves. Right away, he forgets what he looks like. But suppose you take a good look at the perfect law that gives freedom. You keep looking at it. You don't forget what you've heard, but you do what the law says. Then you will be blessed in what you do. Suppose you think your beliefs are right because of how you live, but you don't control what you say. Then you are fooling yourselves. Your beliefs are not worth anything at all. In verse 27, here are the kinds of beliefs that God our Father accepts as pure and without fault. When widows and children who have no parents are in trouble, take care of them and keep yourselves from being polluted by the world. Polluted by the world. Hmm. Wow, it's written so long ago, yet so apropos, so appropriate, so truthful, so our current time. Um, I, I want to talk about today's topic title, Listen, Learn, Then Live. Listen, Learn, Then Live. The Bible is, is filled with infinite wisdom around our actions, behaviors, thoughts, feelings, uh, and, and mentality, which are just as relevant today as the day they were written. Learning to abide with God, to walk with Christ, to fulfill our respective purposes within the body of Christ is an inside job. It begins and ends in, inside of us. We should be focusing most of our attention on ourselves, our character, our, our opportunities to, to live uh, a, a life that is more righteous today than it was yesterday. How can I live more holy today? How can I live an upright life? How can I, where can I, looking at me, improve upon my way of life, my thoughts, my actions, to today over yesterday? That's a full-time job in and of itself. When you're doing that, you don't have time to focus on other people, to be looking at and judging them. So when glaring sin is, is no longer an issue, lust, stealing, lying, being deceitful, that sort of thing. When that's not an issue with you anymore, uh, the, that, the, the snares, that tends to snare well-intentioned Christians, that they may easily fall prey to human emotions, anger being a very big one. So I want to 
encourage you to control your anger. That is something that you have control over. Complete, believe it or not. Um, anger is an emotion. It's a powerful emotion. It can stir us to action against injustice, while it can also uh, destroy ourselves um, and others if, if, when we allowed it to reign unbridled uh, and applied in, uninhibited or imparted in a rash manner without prudence or exercising good judgment. Yes, there are times when we see that there are injustices and that does anger us and that stirs us into action to, to look after. That's a more of a focused anger with a positive purpose intent. It, it should be premeditated and, and you know, the, it can stir the emotion and then that then can turn into positive action to produce positive results that that's a, a a perhaps justifiable use of anger but then again it 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 stirs us into action versus looking to cause destruction uh, anger can eat away at our insides in, in a slow, methodical manner until it boils over and then eventually explodes, usually not on the source of the anger. It's, you've heard the saying that the straw that broke the camel's back. There may have been many times where things have been, that have occurred that cause anger, but then it's that last one, and, and we, we have a tendency to explode, to unload, to unleash unintentionally on someone who really may not even have been the cause. They were just, they were just the last one uh, to, to come along. So anger is actually a secondary emotion stemming from feelings of loss, of control, uh, feeling vulnerable, um, and or feeling uh, the feeling of, of being uncomfortable as, as a result of something. So in, in, in James... The, the first chapter, verse 19 in the Amplified, it says, Understand this, my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear, a ready listener, slow to speak, slow to take offense and get angry. So you're saying that we're somehow we've been offended. We've been offended by something, and then that stirs us and cause, causes us to be angry. So to define what and how anger is described in reference and intended in this passage biblically we we need to look at the the translation of the meaning of the word specifically in biblical context it's the feeling or showing of anger being wrathful wrath is a word that is reserved for god not us uh, indicative of or proceeding from anger words we often can speak angry words we not mean them we also know that once a word is spoken, you can't take it back. Um, seeming to show anger or to threaten in an angry manner, painfully inflamed, angry and rash. So that's the, the biblical context. If we look at the secular definition, it's a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. So having a hair trigger, being quick to fly off the handle uh, or to go off are not traits or qualities of a member of the body of Christ. No exceptions. 
going to repeat that. Having a hair trigger, being quick to fly off the handle, to go off on someone, are not traits or qualities of a member of the body of Christ. They do not coexist. Anger actually has five levels to it. I'm going to peel this back here, or, or phases in its destructive cycle. Uh, they are trigger, escalation, crisis, recovery, and depression. Isn't that interesting? So studies have indicated that it can take uh, about 20 minutes for the body to return to normal after an angry episode. However, Similar studies have also shown that it can take up to eight hours for our, our emotional well-being to recover after just a five-minute bout. Five minutes. Eight hours. Is it worth it? That's an easy mathematical equation to look at. No, it's not. Note, there, there are three different types of anger. So I talked about anger. The biblical and secular talked about the uh, five stages or phases, and now there are three different types. Passive aggression, open aggression, and assertive anger. And we have no doubt experienced all of these from others and even demonstrated them, behaved in this manner our, ourselves. So know that even if you do not display open aggression, or assertive anger, it still counts as anger. Passive aggressiveness is a form of anger stemming from the very petty to being offended, deeply offended. Passive aggressive is still anger. Passive aggressive is still not what God intended for us. It, it is steeped in the bile of feeling offended or lack of patience, long-suffering, and built on the faulty, insecure foundation of unforgiveness, a very dangerous place to be. If we don't forgive others, why should we have any expectation that God is going to forgive us? Mimic, conduct ourselves in the types of behaviors that are expected of us as members Christians, believers, members of the body of Christ. So in other words, just because you didn't knock their block off doesn't mean you're in the clear when it comes to anger. Both loud and boisterous anger and quiet anger are still anger. Both can lead to our undoing and becoming unhinged. Both are sins and not how God would have us to live. The Bible tells us to refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Wrath belongs to God. We are to refrain from anger and forsake wrath rather than being quick to jump on, to pounce on. In, in, in James uh, verse 1, Chapter 1, verse 20 in the Amplified, um, it, it talks about, it reads, For man's anger does not promote the righteousness God wishes or requires. Man's, for, for man's anger does not promote 
the righteousness God wishes or requires. In, in verse 26 in the Amplified, first chapter of James, verse 26, it says, If anyone thinks himself to be religious, piously observant of the external duties of his faith, and does not bridle his tongue, but deludes his own heart, this person's religious service is worthless, futile, barren. That's a harsh reality that our good works are worthless, futile, empty, worth nothing. If we don't watch what we say, if we can, we can, we can read and study, we can memorize every book of the Bible in perfect order and every verse, every principle, every command that's in there, but if we don't follow it, what value is there? So let's say, for example, your, your anger comes from fear. If you believe in the God that you serve, you know that we are to what? Fear not. Suppose your anger comes from a loss of control of something or someone. We know from reading the word of God that God is and forever will be in control. Not us. That we should in 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 encounter adversity stemming from serving him we are to what count it all joy if on the other hand things do not go our way the way we thought they ought to go well when did we become god where's our faith when are we going to determine how things are going to be and how they're going to play out that is as christians in our walk reliance our our faith in God. We know that God has a plan for us, plan to give us hope and a future. The Word says that. We know that. We even know from God's Word that when we are sad, He will restore our joy. So it is pretty clear to see how anger doesn't promote righteous the righteousness God wishes or requires from us. Fleshly anger has no place in the body of Christ. It does not serve or us or the ways God has intended. Fleshly anger has no place in the body of Christ. It does not serve us or the ways God intended. A word of caution, left unchecked, uninhibited, it can even lead to our destruction and ruin. So the long and short of it is anger, being angry, having angry outbursts, and wanting to get even does not work in our favor. Intellectually stunts us, our growth, and can be our undoing. Remember, the word says, love is patient, love is kind. Another area I want to look at is, we have this thing in our current society, monkey see, monkey do. And that's really what it boils down to. If you look at some of the stuff that's on social media, television, any, any media period, you're going to see a lot of people doing the same things. M mimicking uh, of the, 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 the behaviors uh, of, of, of each other, right? <sighs> We live in a dark, dark world. 
That's, that's, that's the truth. A wicked, vile, unkept, salacious, pride-filled, corrupt, and even reprehensible world. One where the enemy runs rampant, presenting shiny new objects to God's people, luring them into his snare and traps. What's most tragic about this is that there are so many that have been deceived, uh, tricked, and misled into thinking that the world's way, the, the popular way, the road that leads to hell is the right or preferred path. Nothing could be further from the truth. In James first chapter, 21st verse in the Amplified, it says, so get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. It's powerful, powerful. Verse, the actions, behaviors, and events we are witnessing these days being glamorized and, and broadcast on social media and other media channels is appalling. Should be. Much of what is occurring in the way of immorally bankrupt and sinfulness are symptomatic of a culture of followers. Monkey see, monkey do. Harsh, but true. Those seeking to fit in, not to go against the grain, having an insatiable need to uh, be liked or a fear of missing out on what is falsely being promoted as free and fun. Everybody's doing it. Let, let's, let's go do this. It's anything but. The, the infection of filth is actually imprisoning souls here on earth before the afterlife. It is not free. It's going to cost you more than you want to pay. And it may seem fun temporally, eternally, not so much, and even in, again in this life. Christ provided a stark warning in this verse to compel us to cling to his word and discard the ways of the world. As, as God had used James to capture that, the, the warning is fair and it is clear. We are best served by planning ourselves and sowing roots in our hearts, minds, and souls based on the precepts and principles provided in his word. That is the only hope we have of receiving the gift of salvation that God went out of his way to make available to us as a gift. That is the path of receiving God's infinite blessings and unmerited favor. The straight and narrow path is the way to achieve and experience peace in a harried world. To heal from painful and deep wounds inflicted by the world. To have the strength we need when we run out of steam. To have the provisions required when we run out of everything, to be elevated to the peaks of joy during sad 
times, the path God has created for us to follow is the only path, narrow as it may be, to a holy and fulfilling life. Go not the way the world goes, but instead obey God's word each and every step you take. You cannot go wrong. Lastly, paying attention is good. Putting into practice is better. Paying attention is good, but putting it into practice is better. Many have gained voluminous amounts of knowledge, but are as ignorant as the unlearned. They may know a lot, but no, they don't have, possess, if they're not utilizing it, the strength that knowledge could provide them with. We can read, study, learn, take in every single word of knowledge available, but in and of itself, it is useless until we what, apply it understanding that wisdom is the application of knowledge it does no good to amass knowledge and not apply it first to your life and then to help others what's the point there are you are you a book on the shelf in the library i want to read this these these passages again starting first with the niv and then the amplified first james Verse 22, don't just listen to the word, you fool yourselves. If you do that, you must do what it says. Verse 23, suppose you listen to the word, but don't do what it says. Then you are like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. After looking at himself, he leaves right away. He forgets what he looks like. In verse 25, but suppose you took a look at the perfect law that gives freedom. You keep looking at it. You don't forget what you've heard, but you do what the law says, then you will be blessed in what you do. All right, so that spells it out, states it in plain terms. I don't want to read from the Amplified, which expands on that and says it slightly differently. Again, First James, verse 23 through 25, 22. But be doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reason contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror, for he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he looks like. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law the law of liberty, and is faithful to it, and perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing, his life of obedience. So it, it's, it's very clear. It's, it's, it's plain and easy to understand. We're not just to read it. We're not just to recite it. We're not just to sing it. We're not just to speak of it. We are to act on it. It should be embedded inside of us. And 
our knowledge demonstrated through us applying what it is that we know. The principles, the values, convicting ourselves when we're oh, tempted to get angry. It's not the way I'm supposed to go. What possible good does it have for us to, to read and have studied and understood the word, but not apply it to our lives? To, to me, it's, it's like being lost in a deadly uh, jungle full of uh, uh, dangers and obstacles and, and life-threatening challenges in, in every step. And then we, 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 we seek the wisdom of the owner of this land, that they, they know every square inch of it, right? And, and we get a very detailed and, and precise guide a map to help us navigate through this this wild um, and emerge unscathed. Then we crumble it up, throw it to the side, just life-saving instructions, and venture out in the opposite direction of where it's said to go, because we feel like we know better. That really doesn't apply to us, and, and besides, everybody else is going this way, so it must be the right way to go. That's what reading, studying, learning, and knowing the Word of God, that's the, in, in not applying it, not living it. That's, that's what that's like. You're endangering yourself. Um, in that instance, I would say you, you, you deserve to be the lion's next meal. Um, it's, we get to live with the consequences of our decisions. On the other hand, I do not wish that for any of my Christian brothers and sisters. Uh, despite the, the heretics and, and false teachers and self-proclaimed experts who, who say otherwise, God's word is the unadulterated un truth. It is the truth. It's not a uh, compilation of fairy tales and whimsical folly created solely by man or some kind of fallacy aimed at holding people captive or oppressed. In fact, it is the complete opposite of that. We are instructed, commanded, and expected out of our free will, not just to read and memorize the Word of God, but to take heed, follow, apply to our daily lives, guide our behaviors, influence our relationships, and provide us with a path, the pathway to follow. There's only one. God's Word enables us to be free, free from being imprisoned and tortured by the wicked and vile ways of this world, free from uh, material worship, lust, greed, uh, deceitfulness, anger, being misled by imposters, able to identify falsehoods, and free from condemnation. The Word of God, in its perfect form, is intended to be practiced, not just preached. To be lived, not just read. To heed, not just hear. To follow, not just fawn over, or used to find false in others, to be fully and completely obeyed, not selective obedience in the parts you choose, discarding those that you don't care for. We are to do the Word of God. We are to be doers of the Word of God. 
Simply put, God loves us. He sent the perfect example of himself in the flesh, Jesus Christ. He has provided us with all that we need to learn how to lead a, a life that is pleasing to him and in his sight. And anger is rarely an emotion that serves us or God's purpose. We are cautioned to control and contain our anger, refraining from seeking wrath. What if God got angry over our every offense to and of him and delivered his, let his wrath rain down on us? No, don't want that. There is no excuse or valid reason not to come to the understanding, the path of righteousness. We're, we've been given the, the instruction. There's no justifiable excuse not to follow the path. Seek the knowledge, learn it, then live it. Father God, we thank you for this, this time of fellowship. We thank you for, again, the opportunity to, to come together, to hear, to learn, to abide with you, to seek direction and wisdom in your word, and to be delivered from our sinful ways with, armed with an understanding of what we should and should not do. God, you've made it very plain and simple. You've, you've, you've provided us with everything that we need to live the life, a righteous life. We are not perfect, nor was, is, are we going to pretend to be. At the same time, Father, we want to seek to earnestly live in the way that you would have us to live. We are thankful for your favor, your forgiveness, your willingness to continue to put up with our sinfulness and allowing ourselves to give in to the ways of this world. We know that you haven't forsaken us. When we know that as your children, you have forgotten our sins, separated them as far as the East is from the West. And for that, we are thankful, God. We're thankful for the opportunity to try to live the life that you would want and have us to live. And for those that don't know you, God, that don't have a relationship, I pray that they pray this prayer with me so that they can begin to have and enjoy the relationship with you. And that prayer is this, pray this prayer with me. God, I know I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that your son, Jesus, gave up his life for me by dying on the cross in my place, paying the price for my sin, and rose again so that I may be saved. I ask that you come into my heart and I accept your precious gift of salvation, victory over sin, and eternal life with you. All of this we ask and pray in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 
If you prayed that prayer, you have accepted Christ into your heart, into your life. Today is a fresh start for you, a clean slate, wiped clean, a new beginning, a cleansed opportunity. You have been cleansed. You have established a relationship that will help you to, to move forward in life the right way, the way God wants you to. I encourage you to read and study and immerse yourself in God's word so that you will be well equipped to deal with the challenges that this world will throw at you, to be able to conquer, to not be influenced and emerge from them victoriously. I have but one ask of you, and that is this. Please share this with someone, someone whom you think may benefit from it, or simply others in the hopes that they will, that it will encourage them in their daily walk. Will you do that for me? That's all I ask. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining. We appreciate your support, and I hope you can join us again next Sunday. Until then, go and live your blessed life on purpose. Thank you for joining and worshiping with us today. I hope your soul was fed and thoughts stirred in the sharing of God's word, and that today's message will inspire you to live a godly life. Whether viewing on our website or one of the social media platforms, we ask that you consider supporting our ministry with a donation of any size. To do so, please visit our website at www.gwtcm.org. That's www.gwtcm.org. We appreciate you and your support. We look forward to sharing God's message with you again. Until then, be well, blessed, and live a life on purpose.